Happy weekend. My name is SC and welcome to A Dose of Security. So the one thing I like about reporting, not so much reporting, but curating security news. As I said in my first episode, I just, I like staying up to date on what's going on. It's a relevant conversation with all the um, clients that I work with on a day-to-day basis. It's also something in conversation with a lot of the people in my network who also work in the field of cybersecurity. So, and one thing I also said, there's never a dull moment. And this particular episode is no different. I'm commenting on this uh, a few weeks after it actually happened, but needless to say, there seems to be something new related to this each week. And that is the hack that we now know as Sunburst. And this particular strain of malware being called uh, being called Sunburst is rooted back in the original breach identified by FireEye, who then contacted SolarWinds to let them know that they traced this back to malware that originated within their environment. So let's just start with the facts. On December 13th, SolarWinds acknowledged that hackers had inserted malware into a service that provided software updates for its Orion platform, a suite of products broadly used across U.S. federal government and Fortune 500 firms to monitor the health of their IT networks. This is a tool that a lot of companies that I know and work with on a regular basis have used and are using. Um, and it's caused them to reevaluate if they're going to continue using it moving forward. But nonetheless, uh, this this software is pretty it's pretty good. You know, I, as I understood it, it was fairly affordable. Um, they offered a lot of f- freeware. Um, they had some pretty cool tools within their suite that didn't necessarily warrant a enterprise license. But this is definitely a black eye um, for the brand that we all know as SolarWinds. So Reuters continue to report in a December 14th filing with the US Securities and Exchange Commission, better known as the SEC, SolarWinds said that roughly 33,000 of its more than 300,000 customers were in fact Orion customers. But then they said that a f- that about Fewer than 18,000 customers may have had an actual installation of the Orion product that had the malicious code in it. So, 300,000 customers globally, 
about 33,000 of them are active users or active paying customers of the Orion product. And from that 33,000, roughly 18,000 may have actually had the infected source code. 18,000 is a large number. There are very successful uh, vendors in the market today that have half of that amount and we probably consider to them consider them to be fairly successful companies so to have 18,000 that's still a gigantic number so th these are 18,000 customers who unbeknownst to them have potentially now um, downloaded and installed within their environment compromised source code that has been signed by a trusted enterprise vendor SolarWinds actually also said that the intrusion compromised its Office 365 accounts. So as I said, the initial breach disclosure from SolarWinds came about a week after a cybersecurity incident response from FireEye, which announced that it had actually suffered an intrusion on its own that it detected, and that one actually resulted in the theft of some of its very proprietary tools that they used to help secure IT operations for companies all over the globe. So this is what really opened uh, suspicions into something's going on. And in FireEye doing its own due diligence, they uncovered this malware that actually resorted back to the SolarWinds compromise. So on December 13th, actually, FireEye published a fairly detailed, I, th I thought the the write-up provided by FireEye was very well done. So the detailed write-up on the malware infrastructure used in the SolarWinds compromised, it even had evidence showing that the Orion software was first compromised as early as March 2020. Now FireEye didn't explicitly say on its own account that the intrusion was a result of the SolarWinds hack, but it's pretty much safe to say that that's exactly what went down. News also broke that the SolarWinds hack resulted in hackers reading the email communications of federal government agencies such as the U.S. Treasury and Commerce Departments. Interesting enough, this was something that uh, was later used, that being the intrusion by uh, these hackers into SolarWinds, this was used to infil infiltrate additional agencies within the federal government, um, including the Department of Homeland Security. And coincidentally, this was right around the time that uh, CISA was hacked, and they took a emergency step of instructing all of their agencies to disconnect from any and every Orion product, practically shutting any um, instance of solar winds down in, in the environment. And this was something that I noticed a lot of organizations were doing as well uh, upon this breach being uh, released to the public, um, reported to the public. And so I, I think about what happened here and I, I find it to be an interesting reckoning for not only the victims, but I think the industry as a whole. I think uh, this. I think SolarWinds. It could have been anybody. I think that the 
the company obviously has learned a uh, very important lesson through all of this. Um, that is measure a thousand times if you have to cut once. Measure a thousand times. Measure five thousand times. Weigh the cost. What do we have to do so that when we cut once, we can continue moving forward and not have to worry about, well, did we forget something? Are we sure this is the, is everything good with this build? So I think what happened here is a, a great opportunity for them to, uh, one, just perform extensive Q&A. Now, granted, it's easy for me to, to sit here um, in front of a microphone and say, oh, just inspect your source code better. This is probably, um, if we think about this, SolarWinds probably across their suite of products, we're talking millions of lines of code, I would imagine. So the um, infiltration into their environment and the trojanization of their enterprise package software um, going undetected in this way unless you are doing regular reviews of the source code line by line if the activity looked valid and the people that were inside that network appeared to uh, be behaving like normal solar winds employees think about the insider threat in this case chances are they probably didn't realize anything was wrong and if you think about the steps that this, uh, what we suspect to be state-backed or, or nation-state-sponsored hacking group, the steps that they took to obfuscate um, what they've done, it's a good chance that, and I don't think many organizations would have detected this right away. So I don't say this to say solar winds. Uh, you guys are running an enterprise, but you're operating like, you know, a lemonade stand. That is not the case at all. But I think it is definitely something that we can all learn from. Um, and from an information sharing perspective, I think it's uh, commendable how quickly this was reported on. Um, I thought the FireEye Fire report was very well done. I thought SolarWinds stood by what they'd gone through. They owned it. And I thought they did a uh, commendable job, a respectable job of taking, taking what they had gone through and essentially trying to ensure that one, it was stopped, but B, uh, the awareness was out there enough for everyone to be on, on, high, on high alert. Um, and I think from an information sharing perspective, it was great that um, all the IOCs were widely reported on. There have been a few variants that have sprouted up after the initial um, report. There have been a couple different malwares, including Raindrop, which is the one I just read about today, that is tied back to the SolarWinds hack. So I, I won't, I won't diminish um, what could be used as an exemplary. Um, job of just reporting on a very serious incident and so moving forward I think now organizations should absolutely you know take a serious lens through 
the cybersecurity side of their organization and inspect all aspects of it. How are you protecting your organization? How are you protecting your intellectual property? What is your intellectual property? You know, what controls do you have around it to ensure that it's secure? How are you monitoring users inside the organization that have access to this information? And how are they interacting with it? How can you tell a normal uh, behavior pattern from an abnormal behavior pattern? So I think this is something that will put a lot of organizations um, in a position to be more proactive about these things. Now, is there a silver bullet that's going to come from this? No. Is there going to be another solar wind at some point in time? Absolutely. Um, but I think we'll be um, better off just ensuring that we are taking uh, the necessary steps to be in the best position to uh, detect and react and potentially mitigate so that the damage is minimal um, when things like this occur. And what were these, I mean, at the end of the day, what were these hackers looking for? Think about this. I mean, they went full. Um, I mean, this was gigantic. I mean, this is probably one of the greatest hauls by a hacker group, nation state or not. And I want to say history. I mean, easily. I mean, they were able to potentially infiltrate thousands of companies simultaneously because of Trojanized software. I mean, that is just unheard of and scary to think that this pretty much came to light because FireEye was able to uncover it and piece it together and map it back to SolarWinds. Is there another SolarWinds out there as we speak? We won't know. We just don't know. But um, now that we know that this type of thing can happen, I think everyone is doing a inventory check. I think they are triple crossing their T's, quadruple dotting their I's. And as I said before, they are going to probably measure a thousand times so that when they cut once, they are confident that they have left no door open everything's closed and anything and everything has been accounted for so I think about these uh, I think about this this hacker group and I, I just I just wonder like what you know what do you do now with potentially all the all this information um, all these now access points into different organizations what do you do with that and Brian Krebs uh, of Krebs on security made a good point when he said in his interview with uh, Alan Poller who is the director of research at the Sands Institute Alan did an interview with Brian uh, discussing this breach and uh, one of the comments he made he said that the way this probably played out is the guy running the cybercrime team asks people to build a spreadsheet where they rank targets by the value of what they could get from each victim. And then next to that, they likely put a score for how good the malware hunters are at the targets and said, let's first go after the highest priority ones that have a hunter score of less than a certain amount. So very interesting. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that a cybercrime gang gang would operate in this way there's some structure there's some order there's strategy there's planning and and quite frankly you're probably not going to go after the bank that has the most security if they got 55 
uh, security cameras between uh, the front door, the, the, the lobby when you first walk in by the ATMs, and then a ton more once you get inside, and that's not even counting anywhere near the vault. You're, you're probably not going to go after that bank first, but you may go pick on uh, the smaller bank that probably has a, a single camera that may not even work, and that's going to be an easy target. So chances are they probably weighed uh, the list of potential targets that they had access to at that point in time and, and weighted against uh, how strong they thought that their uh, cybersecurity defenses were. So it's uh, interesting to think about it that way, but uh, needless to say, that, it, that, that sort of addresses my thought process of you know, what's to come. Are we going to see more victims from this? Of the 18,000 that we said potentially have downloaded, you know, I shouldn't say potentially anymore, of the 18,000 that have potentially installed malicious software in their environment unknowingly. I know there was a patch and SolarWinds responded very quickly of what to do, how many of these organizations were actually already infiltrated and what are the ramifications behind that and how will they actually find that that was the case. Between March and December, you know, what sort of paper trail do these organizations have to determine if in fact they were victimized by this malware? I guess we'll find out. And so that's really all I wanted to talk about today. Um, thank you for listening and uh, stay tuned for the next one.